The number of physician assistants practicing in specialty medicine is rising. Some specialty organizations have called for more clinical training and documentation of PA proficiency within the specialty. Will the push for more training change the flexibility of the PA profession? You are listening to ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. Welcome to the Clinician's Roundtable. I'm your host, Lisa DeAndre, physician assistant, and with me today is Ed Lopez. Ed has been a physician assistant and a leader in the profession for 25 years. He is currently the founder and president of La Palma Medicine and Surgical Associates, a healthcare staffing and management consulting firm in Washington State. He is also the current president of the National Association of Physician Assistants in Cardiovascular Surgery, as well as a commissioner of the National Commission on Certification for Physician Assistants, the NCCPA. Today we are discussing the specialization of physician assistants and the push for needed changes in specialty education, recognition, and certification. Hello, Ed. Welcome to the show. Hi, Lisa. Nice to be here. I just wanted to mention before we get started, if I could, that the views expressed by me in this interview are solely mine, and in no way are they intended as an expression of a position by the National Commission for Certification of Physician Assistants. Understood. Physician assistants have been graduating from school and moving into specialty medicine for years. What has changed in the medical landscape that has led to the push for more PA education? I think that question is central to the whole notion of where the profession is actually leading us. Physician assistants, as you know, for many years, all they required was the primary medicine core of their education. Many PAs for many years, over the last 40, as you know, that our profession has been in existence, have embraced the notion that if they could understand the process of what primary care medicine is, which is taking care of the full family of uh, health care needs, usually in the office, and that was the greatest strength and the greatest amount of jobs that were available over the last 25 or 30 years. Unfortunately, or fortunately, the healthcare landscape has changed dramatically in America. Today we have over 47 million Americans who are uninsured, many using the emergency rooms as their primary care centers. We now have a growing number of underinsured men and women who are seeking help, and the strain of healthcare staffing personnel has been dramatic. As a result, the healthcare community has looked greater and greater for help to take care of these men and women, our Americans who are sick and injured. They have relied more heavily, more and more, on the physician assistant profession. Today, we have about 65,000 graduate physician assistants around the country practicing in every area of medicine today. Primary care medicine used to be the foundation of our, and maybe still, some would argue, the foundation of our profession. What's happened is that through changes in healthcare, we now have a tremendous demand for more efficient delivery of care. We now have specialist physicians who are saying, I can't do everything that I need to do to take good care of my patients. So they are looking for ways to provide well-rounded care. Physician assistants with their core knowledge, background, training are the perfect fit today to enter the specialties, and that's why the demand for them has grown. The flip side of that is 
that if a PA is going to enter the specialties, he or she cannot just complete a primary care medicine program. They need to get some background and training and education and skills in the respective specialty that they will be working in. And that is where the greatest need in education is for our profession. The demand is huge. Nearly seven out of ten positions today are crying for physician assistance in specialties. Unfortunately, what I'm hearing from employers, what I'm hearing from specialty societies, what I'm hearing from hospital accrediting bodies, what they're saying to me around the country is, we'd love to hire more PAs, they just don't have the credentials to be in this specialty. That also is pushed by the safety concerns that consumers have today. American consumers are much more demanding. They want to make sure that if a healthcare professional is going to touch their three-year-old granddaughter, that that person has the training and experience that they say they do. How does this involve hospital credentialing? There used to be a time when physician assistants would graduate on Friday and go to work on Monday in a local office in a small town in America. That was the original model of the physician assistant. Today, because of many of the jobs being in the hospitals, now physician assistants are being scrutinized in the same fashion, and I believe rightfully so, as their physician employers. So that if you're going to work in the hospital, in whatever specialty or setting that may be, from the emergency room to delivering babies to first assisting in an open heart case to helping with craniotomies or general surgery, physician assistants now are having to be scrutinized regarding their education and training as applying for what they call privileges in the hospital as we all know it. So today, physician assistants are having to apply for privileges in the hospital in exactly the same format as their physician supervisors have done all of their lives. So the hospital credentialing bodies are reaching out for direction, for guidance, to know what to ask for, how to ask for it, what to expect, and they're speaking to people like myself as well as others to know how to properly credential physician assistants. For those of you who are just tuning in, you're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Lisa DeAndre, physician assistant, and I'm speaking with Ed Lopez, physician assistant and founder and president of La Palma Medicine and Surgical Associates, a healthcare staffing and management consulting firm in Washington State. And we're discussing the specialization of physician assistants and the push for needed changes in specialty education, recognition, and certification. Ed, there's a lot of misunderstanding in recognition versus certification. Could you explain the difference and how these changes would affect PAs? Certainly, Lisa, I'll try. This, as you know, has been one of our greatest misunderstandings most recently in our profession. When we spoke about hospital credentialing, hospitals' credentialing bodies are looking to ensure, certainly from their medical legal departments, their risk management departments, 
as well as the right thing to do, that if you are going to go in and first assist on a double valve, four-vessel coronary bypass surgery, and be on the chart as the first assistant or the assistant surgeon and get reimbursed for it, that you should have documented evidence to show that you have the training, expertise, and background to assume that responsibility. That is no different a standard than any other professional in that hospital. So what they are requiring, initially it was requesting, today they are requiring it in many places, is to show evidence that you have that skill. Of the 134 PA programs around the country today, many, not all, of those training programs do not offer an opportunity to either get the training skill or verification of training and skill to show hospitals that they have done or have achieved that level. So what we are requesting as a profession, many of us who are sounding this alarm, is for PAs to obtain an education, develop a process, to obtain the necessary skills and education and training they need to be able to show those who require it that as we work in these roles, these expanded roles, that we can prove our worthiness, our preparation to do what we say we can do. There's nothing more to that, and there's nothing less than that. So that wouldn't require any more testing. Exactly. What that is is verification of training, and that is called credentialing. Now, we or no one that I'm aware of has ever requested, endorsed, supported any more certification. The only time this ever comes up is when people hear this process and say, well, this will lead to certification. Well, I can't tell you where things are going to lead to. All I can tell you is what is the right thing to do today. And we have, we, when I say we, certainly the cardiovascular surgical PAs have national support by credentialing bodies, insurance companies. They're all supporting our profession by saying you're doing the right thing and we appreciate you taking the lead on this. So no one's asking for more certification. Certainly, as far as I'm aware, in my discussions with NCCPA, they have never endorsed more or greater or in addition certification in any way when it relates to specialty. PAs are concerned that these changes could destroy the unique elements that allow mobility within the profession. Why should they not worry? I love that question because it goes directly at the core of the fear of the boogeyman in the closet. I've been hearing that question since, well, at least for 10 years. What I have finally agreed to understand the question to mean is, of course, uh, I'm afraid it's going to ruin my flexibility. But in truth, if we prepare ourselves the way that I'm proposing we should, it only increases our flexibility because what it does is it prepares us properly to be able to be more nimble, more flexible, and actually be able to stand tall in whatever setting we place ourselves in. So this issue that 
somehow we are going to limit ourselves by being better prepared, I just cannot even understand that concept. I look at this as an opportunity for us to be much better prepared, more arrows in our quiver so that we'll be able to fight whatever battle comes our way. I really believe in my heart of hearts that preparing the physician assistant better only makes us more employable, more nimble, and actually improves our chances for flexibility in the marketplace. Thanks, Dad Lopez, who has been our guest discussing PA proficiency testing within specialty medicine. I'm Lisa DeAndre, physician assistant, and you've been listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM157, the channel for medical professionals. For questions and comments, please send your email to xm at reachmd.com or visit us at reachmd.com. Thanks for listening.